I'm Siri Lindley, two-time world champion, author, speaker, animal activist, survivor, and thriver. I have found a way to overcome every challenge and to take the impossible and make it possible. On my podcast, we're going to talk real life. We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to go first. You're not alone in your fears, your doubts, or your worries. The most successful people in the world have them. Stick with me on this journey. I will help you harness your power, claim your magic, and create the life that you dream of. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bedhead Chronicles. I am so excited today for our very special guest. The theme of our podcast is finding your herd. And I had the privilege and honor of being a part of Lizzie Brode Harris's herd many years ago at Lehigh University as an assistant field hockey and lacrosse coach. And they welcomed me into their herd and it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. But let me tell you a little bit about this superhero, real life superhero. I call her Lizzie, her name is Elizabeth, but Lizzie Brode Harris, and she is the co-founder and executive director of Be Inspired Philadelphia. And if you haven't heard of Be Inspired Philadelphia, I want you to look that up right now because they are doing such extraordinary work. They are a nonprofit empowering Philadelphia's most under-resourced middle school students to become champions of their own well-being. We all know how important this is. Lizzie is also a devoted wife, a mom of four extraordinary kids, one of whom I have met, who I adore. She is an educator, a coach, a civically engaged philanthropist, a trail runner, and a triathlete, and a dear, dear friend of, this is a long intro, but a dear friend of mine and one of Believe Ranch and Rescue's most incredible supporters. So Lizzie, welcome. Thank you for blessing us with your presence today. Thank you so much, Siri, for having me. It is so incredible and such an honor. And you have been such a light in my life ever since I had the privilege of having you as a coach. You set me on a path immediately when I was 19 years old, and I've never looked back. And you still influence me. I, I showed you, I don't know if anyone, if this is video, <laughs> Um, finding a way is is now a bedside um, book for me, and I refer to it often, and I go back to it. And your writings, and your talks, and your podcasts, um, it really makes such an impact. So thank you for everything you've done for me. Well, thank you for all you've done for me. And I I think back to that year. I think it was nineteen. No, wait, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, 1993, it was. Yeah, 92 or 93, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, and I was so nervous. It was my second coaching job, but for, you know, a university. And, but it, but I was, came in nervous. Now you probably wouldn't have guessed that because I, you know, you fake it till you make it. But I was in awe of this team that was not doing so well. They, oh. <laughs> they, they were not performing great. But the year, I was only there for a year, and we created some pretty amazing bonds, and we had some amazing talks together as a team, you and I, I remember just personally. But the next year after I left, you became the Patriot League champions. That's exactly right. And you were the one who introduced visualization, meditation, 
so many things you planted the seed far before anyone ever did. So meditation wasn't a thing until what, 20 years ago. And um, this was 30 some years ago. And so we really started believing in ourselves and we had some new strategies and tools and we went on to win the Patriot League Championship, which was when I went in as a freshman, we were bottom of the barrel. Um, so that was not a possibility. It was always a goal. And it, we were a bunch of champions in our brains. We wanted it and we were hungry, but you helped us achieve it in a way that I don't think would have been possible had you not come in, come in that year and led us to success. Well, you're giving me, I think, way too much credit because one thing you all need to know is that the leader of this tremendous pack of humans that believed in the champion within themselves, the leader was you, Lizzie. And you became an All-American that next year. And you really stepped into this amazing role where you believed in yourself as the leader that the team needed, but you also allowed for everyone else to be a leader in their own way as well. So I'm gonna, I know we're, we're stepping back here, but is that where this leader in you was born or have you always been a leader? Like when's the first time in your life where you realized that you could make a difference in people's lives just by being you and leading the way? I went to a girl's school, which for me was a total gift. It was a really small girl's school. And so we had great teachers who believed in us and there wasn't a football team that we had to compete with. It was just about girl sports. And so I think some of those leadership skills were developed along the way and you become captain of your team and you start to learn. Um, but in college, I think I learned a little bit more about communication and my role in communication and um, communicating with others. There were times when I think I was a little too harsh on my team. And I, I had a friend, um, I don't know if you remember Jenny O and she said, Liz, you know, this is, this is too much. We need to like encourage people. We can't be too hard on them. So, you know, you just live and learn and figure out the fine balance between really encouraging people and then hoping that they'll be as accountable and care as much as you do. Um, and I really felt like those seeds and then having role models like you, I really learned a great deal during those four years of playing field hockey and lacrosse in college. And it's part of the reason why I really, I really encourage people to think about playing sports in college. Unfortunately, I think youth sports has changed direct directions and that's a whole different topic. And, um, there's a lot of not great in youth sports right now. Um, but I do think some of those leadership building skills, I think are incredible. And then also having gone to a girl's school and just growing up in my family, um, it was like 1980s parenting. Um, my parents, I literally drove myself to college. They were like, good luck to you. We're going to go play golf. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think that that was great because I had to be self-sufficient and figure it out. And um, we also had as a group of women, whether I was on teams in high school or in college, this not only accountability, but a sense of responsibility of wanting to help others. And so that translated later in life into many different things, um, continued coaching and giving back to the sport, and then eventually being able to create a nonprofit that is near and dear to my heart. Wow. Okay. So I'm, 
I'm taking what you're telling me about, you know, your family, you driving off to college and saying, see you later. Good luck. Like I take that because I have similar, you know, like I felt abandoned in moments like that. Now, I'm not putting that on you, but for me, it's like, wait a second, everybody else has their parents taking taking you to college. Like, where am I? But in that, because you, you, one of the things I love most about you is you care so much about others and you want the best for every single person that you come in contact with, even people, you know, like the under-resourced students in Philadelphia, wanting to make life better for them, to set them up for success. Does that come from not having had that yourself or did you have that, but maybe not to the extent that you're giving it? Like, where was this idea, especially for Be Inspired Philadelphia, where did that come from, that desire to want to help so deeply and literally doing everything in your power to make this happen and make it a success? I think I had an incredible childhood and I love my parents so much. And I absolutely loved the way they parented me because I really felt unconditional love. I knew that they loved me no matter what. And I made a lot of mistakes when I was young and they loved me no matter what. And I also grew up in a soft Catholic family. So we did church here and there. Um, a lot of families around us that were Catholic. And so I grew up going to a ton of funerals and kind of doing the right thing and showing up for other families. Uh, my grandfather fought in World War II and my grandmother was a social worker. So she uh, was a social worker far before her time. And my aunt was a social worker too. So there were um, service-oriented family members that were influenced as well. Um, and it was just something that I really enjoyed. I loved, I did a couple of soup kitchens when I was in high school and I thought this was really interesting and it was a wonderful way to spend time getting to know different people and being able to provide service and food and, um, in college a little bit less. And then when you're in your twenties, you're in this kind of mode of trying to build a career and trying to make enough money to pay your rent and all of those pieces. So I moved away from some of it, even though I stayed in nonprofits, just being education for so long. But when I was a student in law school, I was working as an athletic director at a private girls' school, and I was driving down to Temple University in North Philadelphia at night. And I remember every night thinking, um, I feel like I'm going to come back to this area. My goal was not to be a lawyer. I wanted to go to law school and then stay in education. And I thought perhaps at that time, my path would be to, to be a head of school. Yeah. But um, I, I was really struck by North Philadelphia. It's actually really beautiful and it's got so much potential. Um, but the poverty there is incredibly stub stubborn. And that was about 2000. It was a year, two years before I had my first child. And it was at, a, at about 24% poverty rate. And right now, today, 2023, we're about 23% poverty rate. So just incredibly stubborn, not much change. Um, some gentrification, just because Temple is a large campus and um, there are some different resources and Temple's campus really just is at the center of this area in North Philadelphia where we do our work. Um, but it's, it's largely unchanged. And so my heart, I just knew 
kind of like in your book, just reading about the first horse that you saw on a trip that wasn't, it wasn't at all in your brain, but you kind of just knew it set, set, yeah, uh, planted a seed. And I think that's where, really where the seed was planted for me. But the yep. beautiful part for me is that this, just like all the teams that I was a part of, this was a group effort. So nothing I've done, whether any success I've ever had has always been part a part of a group. And I always call myself like loving to be a Scotty Pippen. Um, I had a girl on my team who was just a beautiful goal scorer. And I just knew to get her the ball. It's that easy. Um, so I thought, you know, being in that role was amazing and I got great success from being in that role. So, um, it's the same as being able to create something like this. I was partnering with someone who's so civically minded. She has, she's an entrepreneur. She has had her own gym balance chestnut Hill in Philadelphia for years. She was my trainer and my really good friend. And she actually pulled me out of this slump I was in. Um, I had had hip surgery. My father had passed away. I had um, four children. And I was kind of in this solo mode of just working out on my own and doing my own thing because things were too busy. And I was in a job I did not like. I, I took over a family business that was not happy time for me. I didn't enjoy the work at all. And she pulled me out of my slump. We went on some trail runs and we decided to create an experience with 15 or 16 of us total um, to do a Ragnar in Zion National Park. And so um, I found my herd again. And so there were times when I kind of went off script and had solo times or independent times um, when I wasn't in a group of supportive people. But whenever I have been, has been, it's been kind of my best times. Well, let's talk about this idea of finding your herd. And I love this. I love how you call it that, especially because I love horses and I'm surrounded by my herd. But how important is it? Like, I know it's usually in those moments of pain and darkness that a lot of, a lot of people withdraw from others, you know, they just want to, you know, sit in their own pain. But it sounds to me like each time you found your, your herd again, and that is what, you know, gives you that, that relief from whatever dark time you're going through. So let's talk about the various herds in your life now, like, like, what are those uh, most importantly for you today? So for today and, and always, it's been family. And I have a really beautiful family. They are my herd. We know each other and one another inside and out, um, good and bad. And uh, my husband has been the most supportive, loving person in the world. And um, he was a bachelor when he married me for almost 40 years and was living in Colorado, living his best life. And I had two children and I was a single parent and I was working as a coach and I, um, then I had a black lab and I was married to my parents because, you know, I never wanted to get married again. And so Henry left this incredible, everyone's always like, wow, that's incredible that you were a bachelor for almost 40 years. Um, but then he had a wife and two children and in-laws and a dog and his dog. Um, so we created this family together and now we have four and um, I'm up in Maine right now with my entire extended family, um, Henry's brothers and sisters and siblings. And we sit at a long table of oh. 17 people to have a dinner. So that's partly my herd. And 
Um, you know, family, just like any herd, there's, there's some warts and you have difficult times. And I've had that with my mother and my brother and my father has passed 10 years ago. Um, and so I think one of the things you learn early on in herds, um, is that it's not always pretty and it can be really challenging. And I gravitate towards human connection. It's just something that really fuels me. So instead of, during dark times, instead of um, withdrawing, I really am open to being with people and wanting to work with people. And I do think it brings out the best in me and it brings out the best in others. So that was, um, that's my my first herd. And then all of um, the friendships I've had in different groups, like college friends, I just spent a couple of days with them in Avalon, New Jersey. And they're just such a special group. Not all athletes back in the eighties and nineties, when you and I played, we did not just have athletes as friends. Um, And so I lived with mostly non-athletes and a couple of lacrosse players um, and one soccer player. So they're, they're always um, a huge part of my life and who I am, my high school friends as well. Um, but my current herd is this group of women that started Be Inspired together. And we all work out at the same gym. It's my um, co-executive director, my co-founder, Amy Corolla. Um, it's her gym, Balance Chestnut Hill. And we train together we will plan trips together, whether it's Switzerland hiking or Stowe, Vermont. We go on a snowshoe. We pick any challenge we can. And sometimes some are really hard and sometimes are there are, you know, all levels. And the herd changes. It's a group of people who find us and who need that at the moment. Um, we have people who've gone through really difficult times and dear friends who've lost spouses or um, have had really challenging times with children or other things in their lives. And we bound together and we really have hilarious, ridiculous times together. I mean, everything has happened from losing luggage. I mean, you know what it's like to travel in groups. So um, it has been amazing, but Be Inspired has been a really wonderful source. I always say balance gave birth to a nonprofit baby and the nonprofit baby was be inspired because we were all reaping the rewards of wellness. I mean, we were working out all day together. I was starting to teach meditation and learning that whole, um, new area. And, um, all of a sudden we're thinking our kids do this after school, all the suburban public school kids, all the private independent school kids are doing this. They have these incredible rich after school programs And six miles down the road, which is where North Philadelphia is compared to this gym in Chestnut Hill, there's absolutely nothing after school. Um, And there's this incredible partner we have called The Heights. And it was two different nonprofits formed into one called The Heights. And they do all academic. And they take these kids all the way from lower school, all the way through college, and then career networking. So their whole focus is academic. And so we fill and we wanted to fill that void, which was everything else. And as soon as we dipped our toe in it in 2019, 2020 hit and we were virtual and we pivoted and we went on virtual. We decided that these kids wanted everything. They wanted to exercise. We were trying to find games. Um, Amy's husband, Jesse Corolla is a teacher. Thank God. He was finding these amazing interactive games. Gail Redpath, who's one of our um, 
incredible um, administrators and um, part of the herd. She was, she became the art teacher. And I quickly got fired from doing art because I was so terrible and became the art history teacher. So while Gail was teaching <laughs> art, I was doing the art history. And what we realized when we, we were able to go back in person is that there is, they were hungry for everything we could give them. And so it wasn't just about wellness and exercise and journaling and meditation. We also, um, they were hungry for art and they were hungry for culture and dance. And so we took our own programming and we continued our own prog programming. We added programming. And then we found local existing nonprofits who would partner with us, like the Philadelphia Ballet, like the Barnes Art Museum, which is phenomenal, Woodmere Art Museum, Skateboard Academy, all these really cool partners who said, sure, we'll come teach your kids. And they're the experts, rather than me getting on a skateboard and trying to kid show kids. <laughs> Um, we have these incredible experts in their field and they come and teach the kids. So we have 19 programs at wow. five different schools now um, throughout the year. And then we have two summer camps. We have a summer camp with the Heights, 250 kids. And then we have a summer camp at this lovely school called Community Partnership School, 50 kids. Um, and we do provide lunches as well because uh, we couldn't really do wellness without nourishment. And that's a big missing food insecurity is, is a huge element to all of this work. Wow. I'm just blown away because I think about the impact that this is going to have on the rest of their lives. Like it makes me emotional because like what you're providing is, you know, it's, is it's, I don't know. I, I, I have, you know me, I, I feel so deeply for the underprivileged number one, but also kids and, and teenagers. And because I know how important their everyday experience is, who their mentors are, who their examples are, what activities they're able to do. And I think about myself, if I didn't have sports, if I didn't have after school activities, like God knows what would have happened to me. Absolutely. And so I just want you to know that what you're doing here is, you know, maybe it's filling a, a daily need, but you are impacting them for the rest of their lives. Like you are setting them up for a successful future and for love and for, you know, they you know, the sense of worthiness, the sense of belonging, the sense of being cared for, all of this you are providing. And I just think that it's so incredibly powerful and so special. And I love, you know, they now all have a herd and yeah. that herd is be inspired. That herd is, is their friends. And we often talk about Lizzie, you know, how proximity is power, who you spend the most time with is who you become. And what you've created here is you've created an environment where they are all spending time doing these things that are empowering them to live healthy lives and to, to get interested in, in different things like art and music and all of this. And again, that is just setting them up for their very best lives. And it sounds to me like, and I believe too, I agree what you say about family, that family, it can be hard. But what I find often, if you're willing to look at it this way, and I know you do, is that 
everyone exactly the way that they are, are exactly who they're meant to be in your life. Because we learn, we grow through these experiences, through these relationships. And that's what makes family so beautiful is it, it is that one place, especially, you know, that primary relationship, like me and my wife, you and your husband, that is where we are most raw. That is where we are most kind of exposed in a way. And that is where we, we feel and experience the deepest, deepest um, moments in our lives, which help make us who we need to become to live the lives that we dream of. So you have the proximity of your beautiful family. And I've met Lizzie's husband. He is absolutely amazing. And you too, it is just so clear why you're together, your beautiful family. I just love how deeply you care about not only your primary family, but your extended family. And that's beautiful in itself. But some people don't have family per se. But I know you agree with me that family can just be the people that you choose to spend your time with. Like, let's talk about that for, for those that are thinking, well, I don't have family and I don't have a partner because there are a lot of people out there. You're not alone. I was that for a long time. I was marrying my, my parents, Lizzie, just like you said, until I found my wife. But let's talk about how beautiful the family of people that you work with, your friends. I mean, look what you've created with your circle of friends you have together come together to create this extraordinary nonprofit. But let's talk about the power of every different type of herd and how we can recognize those, even if we don't think we have a herd. I think one of the things that I realized early on is that a herd with a common purpose and a common goal is a pretty spectacular thing. And so I, you know, everyone assumes because you played and everyone probably assumes this with you, you were best friends with your whole team. And I wasn't best friends with my whole team. And I actually had a lot of trouble with one person on my team who was my co-captain for field hockey. Um, and it was uncomfortable and there were some diff difficult conversations, but I was definitely not best friends with every single person on my team. I wasn't best friends with people I worked with that were on my, my work herds. Um, and there were some really tense moments. And even though I say I have the best parents in the whole world, there were really tense moments there. And, you know, I, I had to work through a lot of things with various relationships with my own family. So I think I don't, I don't want to be Pollyanna, but I do think that, when you have a herd with a common purpose, there's something that really draws you together. And it's a, kind of a higher power. It's something that's outside of just the two of you, three of you, four of you. And you have to advance this thing. You're like pushing a boulder uphill. For, for this example, Be Inspired Philadelphia, it sometimes feels like that, pushing a boulder uphill. It wants, gravity wants it to go down, but we're pushing it up. And I know and I trust the people around me that we are doing everything we can. And it's not always perfect. One of us is having a family crisis at the moment. Gail has five kids. I have four kids. Amy's running her business on top of her two kids. Someone gets, you know, um, you know, injured in their lacrosse game. Something else happens. Like there's plenty of things that are happening on a regular basis. And we have a great sense of humor about it. But there's- <laughs> important. 
goodwill. Like we really think, we know that we're in it and we know that every single person is doing what they can. So I think if you don't have a family and if you don't have a group of friends, there are so many ways and it used to be church. And I know that um, there's so many articles now on this new world that's moving away from church, but if you don't want to do church, I think there's so many nonprofits that would love to have volunteers. Girls on the Run is such an awesome nonprofit and they rely completely on volunteers. And I know um, a, a dear friend of ours, yours and mine, Sky Nunn, yes. um, met some wonderful people doing Girls on the Run. So she, that's her service each year. She's always been a coach and she loves it. And she has met some really, really good friends. So I think there's so many ways to find a herd if you want to find a herd. And I think if you don't want to find a herd, I think really trying to understand you know, the reasons behind it, maybe, you know, certain insecurities or whatever that may be. Um, and allowing yourself just a moment, like you always encourage us to just be vulnerable and give it a shot, because I do think no matter what, it's really worth it. You will learn so much about yourself. And I've really tried to figure out my own communication style. Sometimes I can be a total pit bull. And I just tried to like, dial it back a little bit. And my 21 year old is always like, mom, dial it back. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm working on it, but I think that we will never, you know, get to that place where we're like truly feeling that amazing fulfillment until we're just, you know, surrounded by love. I think love is really where it is. is everything. Yes. It's everything. And it has so many different forms. It's romantic love and it's love of animals. Um, and it's love for friends and children and family members. And I just think love is, is truly the answer. And uh, it's part of the reason why we did this nonprofit. I think that, that many of these kids have difficult lives. There's a lot of trauma and there's so many pieces of it that we can't and we won't understand because it's not my reality, you know, and I'm a 50 year old white woman from the burbs coming down to North Philadelphia, but we want to bring love and caring and compassion. And in addition to resources and opportunities, yeah. and we want to bring individuals who come down with the very best intentions and um, with expertise, but really with a desire to make an impact and connect. And yeah. I think that's what we have. We, we got that right early on and we've been able to build on that. Um, because our, our kids come back every year and they say, where's Colin, where's Riley, you know, they're looking for their people and, and they're back, you know, those same people are back. And I think that's where trust is built. That's so, there's so much gold here. You guys, I'm taking notes as I'm listening <laughs> to Lizzie, but a few things I just want to reiterate, you know, love heals all. I truly believe that, you know, bring love, live from love, and it's going to lead you in the right direction. Secondly, if you don't have your herd right now, think, you know, what are you passionate about? Is it, is it a, a worthy cause? Like be inspired. Is it, you know, is it horses, rescuing horses? Like what is it that you're passionate about? Just get involved because so often, you know, all we need to get out of a funk is to start thinking about something outside of ourselves, give to something outside of ourselves. And in doing that, you become free of your 
if you are struggling, but also that's where you could potentially meet your tribe. Doesn't have to mean that they're your best friend, but somebody that has the same values as you, someone that cares about something that you care about. And that's where you find your herd. Sorry, I called it a tribe, but that's where you find your herd. One other thing, and I love that you brought this up, Lizzie. I didn't, I don't think I guided you to this where you said, you know, I wasn't best friends with everyone on my team. We're not going to love every single person that's in our lives. But here's the thing. If you look at the people that challenge you, like your co-captain, if you look at the people that challenge you and instead think about them as a worthy adversary, they're there for a reason. They are there to, you know, help you grow to become more, to have you know, greater perspective. If we look at those challenging people in our lives and find value in the fact that they are there for a reason, they're meant to make us even better, then you can kind of not necessarily enjoy your time together with them, but you can appreciate them for the value they bring. And you know, we all can respect each other's differences. But I love that you brought that up because yeah, we're, we're not trying to be Pollyanna. You can find your heard and that's amazing sometimes they won't be your best friends but there'll be people that care about the same things you do and for that you need one another to move something like moving this boulder up the hill or be inspired and you've done such a beautiful job of that lizzie and what do you think are the biggest and and first of all let me say i'm in awe of this woman you guys because we're just we're talking about be inspired right now. She is an incredible mom, an incredible wife, an incredible friend. She runs and works out every single day. She goes on these amazing adventures every year. Like I don't know how you do all that you do in one day. And the other thing, which she's my hero about, just side note, she's had two hip replacements. I had one, and I don't think you know this. I don't think I've told this told you this. I had my first hip replacement. You know, I needed a replacement part. I've, I've trained very hard my whole life. And I remember, you know, Lizzie came to the ranch one day and we went horseback riding. She like jumped on the saddle and I'm like, oh my God, but you have two fake hips. How did you do that? And she's running like 10 miles a day. And she said to me, I think this was before my surgery. You said, just once you've had the surgery, walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. And you said something like within a week, you were walking four miles. And I was like, four miles? Are you kidding me? But I trust you. And so I had my surgery. And within probably two weeks, I wasn't quite as um, feisty as you. But within two weeks, I was walking four miles. And I tell you what, guys, it feels like I have a bionic hip. I healed beautifully. And that's because you guided me. Because what would I have done? Probably listen to the doctor and just, you know, walk a little bit every day and so i appreciate you but how do you find time for all of this and are there things you do in the day that you don't enjoy or are you truly living on mission and purpose every single day i i love each day just like you do i do have intention i'm a journaler yeah. um i do love meditation and having purpose each day um, but I have plenty of chaos and every day it will bring me a different challenge and um, I'm not quite sure how I'll handle it, but um, I do. And Maddie, my oldest daughter, always laughs and says, you know, the domestic dom domain mom isn't really your thing. And I'm like, 
You're right. So when COVID hit and we were all home and I was like the teacher for the one room schoolhouse and I had an apron on and I was like cleaning the house the whole time and cooking after three weeks, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I mean, it was not my thing. Um, I'm not meant to homeschool. Um, I'm not meant to be at home. And so many people love that. So, you know, there are so many men and women who love to be home. They love spending time in the kitchen and cooking. And that takes so much time. So because I am not good at that, I don't waste my time doing that. I'm like, we'll order something from the restaurant or the um, local grocery store that has prepared foods. And they're much better than what I can make. Um, And I just throw it all in. And I always start with a workout and um, I'm training for a marathon. So every November we have a marathon for, we're an affiliate charity for Be Inspired Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Marathon. So it's like our gala. We don't do galas. We don't do black tie dresses. We do the marathon. And we usually have like 70 to 90 runners and we create events around it, which is why you're coming out. I can't wait. September, um, which we're so excited about. And So um, I'll always train for something and I'll train for the St. George half Ironman in May and give that a shot. Um, I did do it a couple of years ago and I love it. I love that distance. It's a really good challenge. Um, On these hips, I can run from here to California. I have a lot of endurance. I'm not fast anymore. Um, I don't know that I was ever particularly really fast, but I'm definitely not fast anymore. But um, long distance events are really fun. I have a ton of energy. The workout gives me good energy. I spend my time building relationships and partnerships for our nonprofit. And that's all people and talking to people and working with my friends. And then I get to go home and I sometimes will watch games and spend time with my family. So there's so much to fit in, but it's all stuff I want to do. And I I do try to take some of the things out that I don't want to do. I'm not a gardener. I wish I was. Um, My mother-in-law and my sister-in-law are these incredible, beautiful artists with the most gorgeous gardens you could possibly imagine, but it's just not my thing. And, um, you know, I will cook, but I'm just not a great cook. So I don't spend a time, a ton of time doing that. So I cut, I cut corners where I can And I spend time doing the things that I really, really love to do. And there are things I don't want to do. And there are things I don't want to deal with, um, like all of us. And, you know, we have time, really difficult times sometimes when one of our kids is going through a really hard time, you know, maybe some, a lot of anxiety and some of the OCD pieces that you had talked about. We had a child kind of going through some of those pieces and, it weighs on you and it takes so much energy and it's hard. And so those are the times where it's a slog. Like each day I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go for that run. And it's kind of like, I have to cheerlead myself. I'm a terrible cheerleader, but I have to kind of cheerlead myself to like, keep it moving. Um, But when those things aren't happening, it's much easier for me and it's seamless. And I try to choose to do the things that I really, really love to do. And I'm lucky to be in that spot where I, can do that. There are plenty of people, and I understand this, that are doing jobs that they're not madly in love with. And it's something that they, they just have to do at this moment. And there's not a ton of choice. And hopefully down the road, it's, it's a way they can pivot and make that change. But, um, I think for some people, they have to cheerlead every day. So, um, I'm not in that position, but I think that's very challenging. 
And in the cheerlead, I mean, I always talk about how let's all set ourselves up for the best day possible. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that if I asked all of you, you know, what are the things that you do that make you feel alive, that give you energy, that, that, that you're grateful for, that make, give you confidence, that make you feel strong? What are those things? Because especially if you're going through a challenging time, if you just make sure that you do at least one or two or three of those things, you're setting yourself up to have the best day possible regardless of what's going on. So it sounds to me like those things for you are working out. What, like, what is, do you have a daily ritual? Total daily ritual. Okay, what is it? Share it with us, please. Such a routine girl. Um, 6.15, wake up. This is school year. Yeah. Um, breakfast, coffee, getting the kids, um, helping them with getting their breakfast. We're trying to establish some independence for my nine-year-old and my 12-year-old could run the whole household herself completely. Wow. Um, my son is leaving for college this year and my daughter's in college. So we'll have two at home. And one thing that really gives me a lot of energy is driving my kids to school every day. It's a short ride, but I usually have some good conversation. We'll have it like a Taylor Swift party in the car. Sometimes both of them love Taylor Swift <laughs> and it's just a way to connect. And, um, you know, it's, it's the start of my day. And I know that they look forward to, to it as well. And my nine-year-old has a fair amount of anxiety and every single day going into school, my belly hurts and she's scared every single day. So we do a little box breathing. Um, we try to do some humor. We set intentions. We pull the essential oils out and we ground ourselves. We'll put it on and um, she'll rub it onto her wrists. Um, so driving my kids to school is a big piece. And then I'll drive to balance, which is the gym, um, where I work out. And then above balance is the inspired's office. So on oh, the top, no way. <laughs> so I get like, to go to both these places. Going to be. Yes. It will be so much fun. We'll have a great workout. So I'll see my friends during my workout and we'll do like a strength training. I'll go for a long run and then I'll head upstairs and get work done. And every day is a little bit different. We work with a lot of partners. So it's a lot of zooms and coordinations, um, and we're just getting to that place where we're trying to think about sustainability. So, um, we have some really generous partners as well. Philadelphia Phillies is one and oh. Gail Rath has, I know, which is incredible. They've been enormously generous with us and we're so grateful. And, um, Gail Redpath has really helped us kind of, uh, forge some important relationships, um, including the Phillies. And she's been so helpful with all everything advancement, um, so we are making all the preparations for the next group to come in and really lead this nonprofit, because what we want to make sure is that Be Inspired isn't a Liz, Amy, Gail, Mary Beth, who's our board chair, Sky, like we don't want it just associated with us. Yeah. We want to make sure that there's a new group coming in. We have, um, someone that we've been grooming to be, um, the next executive director and he's tremendous. He's, he got his MBA at, at Villanova and he's in the strength business and he's creating his own for-profit businesses. Um, but also feels really a sense of responsibility, which is pretty cool for this age group. I do think the next age group millennials were almost there, but I'm hoping the next age group will see ways that they can stay involved in nonprofits, even if they go down the path of for-profit, and um, I tried to kind of do different things at different stages of my life. 
um, to stay involved. And sometimes it can be just either volunteering or being on a board of a nonprofit, but there are ways you can really be involved. And, and Colin has been generous with his time and really interested in working with this population of amazing kids. And so he is building his own businesses that are for-profit and then he will take a leadership role here. So it's not always just women as well. Our herd can include men. Yeah. Uh, I like to say that they need to be a really, really secure, strong man because it's very female centric where we are. Yeah. Well, Um, that's awesome. And where do you see it growing? Like, like I love your thinking sustainability and that's so important. What's your grand vision? Like what would be a dream looking at what you've created, you know, 10 years from now, what would that look like? I think it would be, this whole concept came from just community. So it was literally community coming together and creating something. And so if we take the exact model of how we did it, it was a community of people who loved and adored one another and supported one another, working out together at a gym and created a nonprofit. And so if that started popping up in other cities where it's like a small boutique gym and then they look five miles down the road or wherever there is need and they bring some of these incredible, beautiful resources five miles down the road, that would be a dream come true. So there would be a Be Inspired Baltimore and a Be Inspired Boston and you know places where um, you can have for-profit and non-profit working together. There's no reason not to. Um, And I, so I would love to see that start to shift a little bit and see other cities consider doing something like that. I have high hopes since Colin is 30, that he will take this model and run with it. And perhaps there will be um, a gym along with a nonprofit like ours that be inspired um, somewhere else down the road. So we'll see. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. Imagine if this was in every city in the parts that needed it most. That would be extraordinary. And I have no doubt you will one day do that. I'm gonna have you back on this podcast 10 years from now and we'll be like, oh my God, which Be Inspired are we gonna talk about? It's in 50 states, you know? I mean, that's amazing because we had a little news clip on 6ABC yesterday. I just saw that, amazing. You And we got the nicest email from this mom and she reached out and said, I just saw your news clip and I want you to come to my son's school. Um, He's in sixth grade. And it just, it was the most amazing thing. I mean, that's how it starts. It was someone reaching out. Um, We've had a girl who's working out in the gym. She's a public school teacher in North Philadelphia. And she went to her principal and said, "I, I want be inspired to come to our school. So I do think it's grassroots. And I think when people think I'm, I have never led a nonprofit before. I really had no idea what I was doing. And sometimes I still don't know what I'm doing, but you know, it's like one foot on the banana peel and we're just moving it. Like we're just doing everything we can to make it work, but it's a, it's a grassroots effort, effort and we do it together. And um, if we don't know how to do it, we find someone who can and we trust one another and we, it's a herd, it's a complete herd. And this is our herd now, this is our Be Inspired herd. And um, it would be impossible for one person to do it. It yeah. has to be. Amazing. What do you think, just I'm curious for, the school kids that you're helping, that age group, um, 
which is what what are the ages basically i know the grades but so we're typically in the middle school space, which is usually like 11 to 14, but we have worked with a school community partnership school where the kids are as young as five. So we're really kind of five to 14. Okay. And in that, um, like I do this event every year for Tony Robbins, it's the Global Youth Leadership Summit, and it's from 13 to 18. And that's an age where I'm so passionate about this event because it's everything I wish I had when I was that age. I feel like if I had that, um, you know, I, I would have probably had a completely different experience. But what do you think these kids at the ages that you're working with, what do you think they need most at this age um, that you're providing, but also just, you know, people that have all the resources that they need. What do you think are their biggest needs at that stage in their lives? I think it usually takes one person to recognize something in you. And that's what you did for me when I was 19. I mean, I was, you know, a private girl's school with like ribbons in my hair and, you know, trotting out to the field. And I think you looked at me and thought, okay, you can do something here. And, um, I had other coaches who believed in me as well, but it was just a really powerful experience um, in college to feel like someone really entrusted in you. And I think these kids, they don't really have many kids saying, or many adults in their lives saying, I believe in you and you have a lot of potential and you can do something. And, um, you know, many of them do have hardworking one parent or a grandparent at home um, but these are families that um, have a lot of struggle. And so it's, it's really important. This human connection is really important for these kids. Obviously the opportunities are great because it opens their eyes to things that are out there and, and exciting ways to use your body or to be creative. But I do think it comes down <clears throat> to the person, to yeah. the leader and the person who says, I, I believe that you can all do this. Um, one of the things that we pride ourselves in is that we will really look every single year at what we're providing and what we're doing and how we can be better. We never just go into the next year. We right. always, you know, really look hard at what we're doing. And one of the things we recognize this summer in camp, we taught two classes. One is called fitness and finance, and it's tremendous. I, I wish my kids had fitness and finance because, you know, the financial pieces of like, here's what a checking account is. Here's what a savings account is. And, um, you know, just understanding, um, the whole financial part of the world. I mean, we all could have used that. And then we do Absolutely. have, a yeah. And we have a leadership class as well. But what we recognized is that we had a couple of students who were tremendous basketball players and they don't have any experiences in their schools to play basketball. Very few of our schools have after-school sports. If they have after-school sports, they might have one track team, one basketball team, but not always, um, it's not always the case that these kids are on those teams. Right. So we think next summer we'll really have an, a, a real basketball component for those kids who select in so that every single day there's drills and a true understanding of the game and they are growing and developing over six weeks so that they can use that um, for access 
to various schools, whether it be a magnet public school or a private school, it will attract attention. And of course they have to have the academics. I mean, that's why they're at this camp. That's why we partner with the Heights, yeah. uh, but the athletic piece can give them opportunities. So I think we're always cognizant and aware of like, how can we change? How can we serve the students? How can we be better? And again, it comes back to that one or two loving adults who can, you know, wrap a hand around the arms or the shoulders of a kid and, um, you know, be there for them. Ah, see, I, I agree with you 1 million percent. I think it's knowing that you're seen, Mm -hmm. knowing that someone believes in you, um, is everything. So that being said, it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful, the work that you do. Your other nonprofits that you are affiliated with, like the um, Girls to Run, right? Or, and the, um, your, tell, tell people about the big event that I'm going to be a part of. I feel so blessed, you guys. I'm, I'm coming to Philadelphia. I've only been there once before. And I'm so super excited because I love how you have this set up. People sign up to the team for this big event at the Philadelphia Marathon, right? And they can choose any distance of what to do, but in the same note, they are supporting the Inspired Philadelphia and Girls to Run. So please share with everyone and let them know how they can sign up to be a part of it too. Come join me, you guys, okay? Yes. Come, come experience what I have experienced. And make you want to do, I feel as I'm sitting here listening to Lizzie is it's like, my God, what else can I do for good? I want to be a force I'm for seeing good a in picture the world. of it behind you, that beautiful. Yeah, I know. And that kind of takes up a lot of our yeah. time, which I love is an absolute privilege, but I hope for all of you, like, what is it? How can you be a force for good in the world outside of just being you, your magical self, but what can you give your time, your energy to where you can totally make a massive difference with little effort? You can make a massive difference in somebody's life or an animal's life. Well, and life. here's one way, and it can be small, but you said you asked the question not only about this event, but also um, finding a herd. And we have this event now, it will be an annual thing where we've been selected as an affiliate charity of the Philadelphia Marathon. So there's an 8K, there's a half marathon, there's a marathon. I will not lie, last year was the coldest November day of my life. And I've been slightly scarred by that marathon. I have the rescue <laughs> blankets. I started one with one wrapped around my legs for the first five miles. But um, but anyway, it is a beautiful marathon and the weather will be better this year. Um, but you yeah. can you can choose any of those distances and be a part of our group. And um, Colin and Alex, two incredible trainers at Balance are providing training programs. And we're also going to do some events, including having Siri come and everyone will get a copy of Finding a Way. Yeah. And um Siri will um, talk to our group, which is a group of runners between 70 and 90 90 runners um, running any of those distances. There is a fundraising requirement and part of it um, to give back. And it is an incredible way to really dip your toe and be part of this herd. Um, And also we want to share all of the positivity um, that we've experienced by being a part of it, which is why we wanted to have Siri speak because 
when um, when we heard that you had written a new book and I hadn't even read it yet, we knew, we lined you up. We said, this is it. This is <laughs> way forward in September. This is what we want to do. And then I read the book and every single theme that you touch on has been so important for Be Inspired. So going first. I mean, we were like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to go first. We're going to give this a shot. Um, one of the most important pieces was you know, the intention of kind of what you want from the world, like what you, if you want more of something, you have to give it. So if all of us are wishing for a world that was a little more harmonious and we want healing and we want education for our children, we have to bring it. And so there were so many pieces yeah. of this book and, and that's just like the tip of it. Um, starting with the, the, um, the quote you have in the beginning with freedom comes responsibility by Eleanor Roosevelt. Like it's all so in line with who we are and, and what we want to do and, and what we want to bring and anyone can be a part of it. And this marathon is a great way. So there are volunteer um, opportunities for be inspired. And for all of these nonprofits, you had mentioned girls on the run. They always look they're They're not part of this group for the marathon, but they're always looking for volunteers. They're in Philadelphia. Um, there's a group called the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative that um, has 90 members of these small nonprofits, just like us. And um, we're all members of this group. So all these small nonprofits are looking for people to get involved and be a part of it. And so it is an easy way to feel like you are giving back and bringing something to the world, um, but also finding your people. Absolutely. And first of all, thank you for all your kind words. I do. I feel like this is all so meant to be, and I cannot wait to spend this time with you. You know, when you think about the work that you're doing, the work that I do with the horses, I think one of the things I often say is, yes, we saved these horses, but the horses have also saved us in many ways. And I think that the same rings true for the kind of work that you're doing, what we're inviting everybody else to take part in, whether it's in Philadelphia or in your own city. Um, it's you doing a good thing, but the gift that you don't expect is what it ends up giving you. And so think about that as you go to offer your time. Yeah, it, it really could be the thing that saves you or takes your life to the next level, brings you more joy, more purpose, whatever it is. How can they get involved, Lizzie? What's the best way? So um, when people hear be inspired, they always assume it's be inspired, but it's actually just the letter B inspired and it's be inspired Philadelphia. And we have a website and we also have Instagram. Um, you can uh, DM us as well. I don't have personal social media whatsoever. So that's the best way to reach me. And I have an email, lizbroadharris at gmail.com. But you can reach us, you can join us, you can do the marathon, you can be a volunteer, you can just come work out with us and go for runs. Um, but it, those are the best ways to really reach us and learn a little bit more about what we're doing. Um, and then potentially, possibly, one of you will be part of bringing Be Inspired to a different city, a different location, and um, just spreading the word. I love that. Okay, that's huge. Right there, you guys. Who wants to take this on? What does it take, Lizzie, to 
What are the key qualities you think you needed to have to take on all the things that you have? I mean, from way back at Lehigh, taking your team from a losing team to Patriot League championships, you from a really good athlete to an All-American, you from, I, I know you had a divorce that was very painful years and years ago, overcoming that and being open to finding the absolute love of your life and creating something like Be Inspired. Like what skills did you have to master or did you have to lead with in order to make these decisions that allowed you to achieve these extraordinary things? Um, well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how extraordinary, but exciting and fun. It's um, extraordinary. And I think, you know, I've always had great, a great deal of compassion. I do love people and I connect. And I do think when you connect with people, some great ideas can be hatched. So when we were thinking about doing something with Be Inspired, I had been involved in an organization called Stepping Stones. That organization is now The Heights. And I was able to call the executive director of Stepping Stones and say, hey, we've been talking about it, my group, and we would love to try a pilot program at one of your schools in the area of wellness. Is that something that you would be interested in? We'll bring fresh foods in, we'll teach meditation, get the kids working out. And it was having wonderful, trusting relationships already built. So I've been committed to building trusting relationships my whole life. And I think that has been a huge part of doing this work because we have all these wonderful partnerships. We couldn't do that without a great deal of trust. Um, I am a communicator and I am willing to have really hard conversations and even have confrontational conversations if I need to. I'm still working on that. It's not perfect. And I told you I can be pit bully sometimes, but my husband said to me early on in our relationship, um, we can't fight like that because if we fight like that, um, I had been kind of groomed to be a fighter from my mother and then my first marriage. He said, if we fight like that, we're going to say things we can never take back. So can we learn how to fight a different way or have an argument? And um, it was incredible and it really was like, wow, um, that's unbelievable that he actually could say that to me, but, um, but I was willing to make that change too. So I do think being willing to learn, um, every time I go out for a run and if it's like training for a marathon, it's nine miles, I'm listening to podcasts and I want to learn more and more. I'll take any little nugget of information. I'll read voraciously and take notes and not embarrassed by it. Um, love and, it. You know, I just, I feel like I'm a lifelong learner and I want to try and I want to do new things. Um, one of the things I mentioned to you, and this is for better or for worse, but I make some sort of professional pivot every four years. And it doesn't mean I abandon an organization or leave. I just pivot in some way. And sometimes it's, you know, taking on additional responsibility or changing my role a bit, but I do think it keeps me fresh and it keeps me thinking and, um, I think that's really important as well, just to continue to want to grow. So um, I think those are the pieces that I feel have been my power line. I know you talk about your power line in your book, and I think the the wanting to grow. Um, I I lost faith for a while, 
And I feel like I've really come back to it, especially since my father passed. He passed 10 years ago and he was a huge, important part of my life and really just such a rock in my life and, you know, just really a supporter. And now I find him and I see him and it's, you know, very spiritual. And I do go to church with a dear friend of mine. We go to a 30 minute service uh, during the weekday. I pick her up, we connect, we get to talk and then we go to a 30 minute service and we're out and it's just like, perfect. Perfect. Um, So I do think faith and um, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's just so beautiful, Lizzie. And what I see a lot of is your willingness to go first. You know, whatever you dream of everybody, what's stopping you? Like, like at least just go all in and try. Mm-hmm. And that takes courage. That takes fearing less. Yeah. Um, and it takes going first and knowing that, you know, if it doesn't work out, you're going to learn something about yourself or about what's needed for it to work out the next time. But do it. Just do it. I mean, I, I hate using that slogan, but um I feel that's something too, Lizzie, you've just um, exhibited extraordinary courage and relentlessness in a way, you know, even just in what you said, you know, you lost faith for a while, but you weren't willing to sit there. Like you obviously were working towards finding your way back to something that gave you that sense of faith. Like it's that, um, I don't know if it's relentlessness, but that determination, you guys, to live the life that you dream of living. If you're not happy in the life you're living now, the only person that can change that is you. And take Lizzie as this beautiful example of taking what matters most to you and making something of it that can touch others, make a difference in the world, but more importantly, give you that sense of joy and love and fulfillment that we all yearn for. So Lizzie, you are truly a superhero living on this earth and a blessing in my life, a blessing to all of us. So I want to thank you. Are there anything else you want to leave the listeners with a word of advice or words of encouragement? Um, anything else you'd like to leave them with? No, I mean, your, your listeners are already listening to you and they're reading your books. And I just think finding someone who inspires you and believing in that and finding a herd, I think that can make all the difference in the world um, and service. And you lead that example, Siri, and you did for me. And I can't even express my gratitude because you, you put me on a path and I'm forever grateful. So thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, Lizzie, such a joy. Thank you for giving me some of your precious time. And please give my love to your entire herd, all of them, family. I will give my love to your herd. I will. The beautiful horses. Oh, Lizzie, I cannot wait to see you in September. I can't wait to be in Philadelphia and to truly witness in person uh, everything that you created, but thank you. You're such a the schools. You're going to meet some of the wonderful kids we work with. So we can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing yourself with all of us today. We're so grateful. Thank you, Siri. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. So blessed to share this time with you. Have an amazing week and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening and sharing this precious time with me. Please remember to subscribe and to leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at Siri Lindley, Facebook Siri Lindley, and Twitter at Seltz. 
S-E-L-T-S. You can also reach me via email at info at Have an amazing day and shine on.